0: Hi, I'm James Wedmore, host of the Mind Your Business podcast, and I've built an eight-figure year company selling digital products around my knowledge and expertise. In fact, this is what I've been doing in multiple niches for the past 15 years. And if you've ever wanted to do the same, or maybe you're trying, but you can't seem to get any traction, here's how I can help. As you can guess, you need an audience if you want to sell your stuff, right? But what if I told you that you don't need a big audience. You don't need millions of followers to get started. In fact, we see that it's with just your first 100 leads where you really start getting some momentum. I mean, think about it. Imagine that you're on the stage of a room filled with just 100 people in that audience right now. That's a lot of people. You don't think that a few of them would walk up to you after your talk and ask, hey, how can I keep working with you? Of course they would, and that's why I created Your First 100 Leads. It's a 14-video step-by-step training mini course that walks you through exactly how to get your first 100 leads fast. And the feedback and results from this free program have been amazing. Diane Shepard said, This is one of the best trainings I've ever taken. Jake Curry said, We have had 753 people sign up for this free training. Are you kidding me? Dan Netting said, I'm currently going through the first 100 Leads training. And James, I got to say, it's brilliant. This training is A to Z complete. And the best part is it's absolutely free. To register, simply click the link in the show notes of this episode. Thanks so much. And I'll see you there.
1: Hey and welcome to the Ambitious Bookkeeper Podcast. I'm Serena Shoup. I am a CPA and mom of three and I'm running a virtual bookkeeping business mostly from my home. You're in the right place if you're a bookkeeper, accountant, or an accounting student and you know that your purpose is bigger than sitting in a cubicle. If you're ready to learn some actionable tips and strategies to help you start and grow a bookkeeping or accounting business, I hope you stick around. Welcome back to the Ambitious Bookkeeper podcast. Today is another special on-air strategy session with Clarice. So I, if you would like to introduce yourself, what type of clients you help, how many clients you have, all that good stuff, we'd love to hear it. Sure.
2: Again, my name is Clarice Williams. I'm with Web Tax Corporation and Bookkeeping Services still a small business. I just got started in 2021, although I've been in the accounting field for over a decade with the government. So there has been some learning hurdles, I guess you can say, when you're coming from the compliance side over to helping people stay compliant. Right now, we have about 20 bookkeeping clients, and they do range from business consultants to nonprofits. And then I did my tax clients, it's a whole nother thing. (laughs) So
1: that's, yeah,
2: that's pretty much it about
1: me. Awesome. So the first question is, how long have you been in business? And you answered one to three years. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your biggest struggle right now in your business? And you answered strengthening your CFO services and obtaining leads. Mm-hmm. And as for a hope to get out of the call, establishing a standard procedure to help my clients truly use the information I provide them during our quarterly bookkeeping review sessions to be better business owners. So yeah. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you want to take it in that direction, we can. or. Whatever is top of mind for you today, since it's been a while since you scheduled that call. Mm -hmm,
2: mm -hmm. (laughs) So yes, when you said that, I was like, "Oh yeah, I did want to (laughs) know some of that. So depending on our time allotment, maybe we can squeeze a little bit of both in, but just starting with originally what's one of my focus for today, I'm actually doing a diagnostic review and I just want to say your training is awesome. It just really helped keep everything in focus and it helps me show my bookkeepers too like hey this is how we're going to do it this is the flow or the process that we're going to follow yeah. so right now i'm dealing with a company who has 10 accounts connected some of them are active and the ones that are are active they have not been reconciled since 2020 2021 <laughs> Right. So interestingly enough, though, when I did some reports, some of the numbers did match up to today's current date. There have been some things going on, but there hasn't been any reconciliations since last year up until now. Now they are current on a tax return. So, you know, up until 2021, you know, I guess I would just push that to the side and then try to focus on 2022. And then get them caught up for this year. But I guess what would you be, what would your advice be in situations like that where when another business, they've been doing it on their own, they may not, well, I know they don't really understand what true reconciliation is, what true bookkeeping is. Would you offer to still clean up anything in a prior year or just start with the most recent unfiled tax year?
1: So what I would probably do is, are they on QuickBooks online? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. they're probably accepting bank feeds and categorizing things, but not actually doing the bank reconciliation function, right? Right. Um, So I would go back and see, I would still try to reconcile those accounts because you can't reconcile the current accounts unless the previous years are reconciled too. So I would still go in and do the reconciliations. Now there might be some outstanding payments or some outstanding deposits that never end up clearing that might be sitting on those reconciliations that I would then take care of in 2022. As far as like whatever needs to be voided, I would void it as of 2022 um, as to not disrupt the previous tax return years unless mm-hmm. it's unless it's something like grossly underreported income or way underreported expenses that they may want to amend for so um what i would do is i would go through the process of doing all the reconciliations let whatever is going to be lingering on those reports linger right as uncleared and then in january or whatever of 2022 i would you know, export that list and see what the effect would be on the bottom line
2: <clears throat> before mm-hmm.
1: making the adjustments mm-hmm. to give that to the client and say, it looks like we, there was some duplicated, for example, maybe, maybe there are some outstanding uncleared checks that could indicate duplicate expenses, right? So mm-hmm. I would total all of them up and say, it looks like in prior years, 2021 and before. Maybe you can break it out by year or two if there's a lot. And this might not even be the case. It could end up really clean once you reconcile the accounts. We don't really know yet, right? Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. But
1: if there was a lot outstanding on that report, I would break it down by year and and see like what is the effect on the expense side and the revenue side and present that to the client. So for example, maybe there's a bunch of duplicated expenses, which means in 2021, when they filed taxes, they... They took too many deductions in essence. So then I would show them, it looks like you took, you know, 5,000 in extra deductions in 2021. And I would just let them make the decision and say, are you okay? You know, if you were to be audited, you would probably lose those deductions. Mm -hmm. But when you Mm -hmm. multiply that by your tax rate, it's not that much, right? So you present them the option and say, I just want you to be aware what the effects could be but if you don't find it necessary to go back and amend, then Mm -hmm. we will just, you know, clean those up in 2022 and move forward. So that's basically how I would handle it. Now that may not even be the situation. It could be like one or two really small transactions that at the end of the day, aren't going to cause much of an effect, but -hmm. if they over-reported income that I definitely would be like, let's have a discussion about with your tax preparer, or maybe you're the tax preparer. Have a discussion about filing an amended return to, and see what the, you know, if okay. you could get some money back, if it would be worth it with the fee of the amended return and all right. those factors, right? Okay. Ultimately, it's up to the client to make that decision on whether they want to amend. You can give them all the facts, you can give them the numbers and let them decide. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
2: It's, it's about $10,000 of uncleared transactions. Okay. So mm-hmm.
1: could be both revenue and expense, or do you think it was, is more it's a mixture of both. Mixture of both. So it could end up a wash in the end. Mm-hmm. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. where it's like, you figure out what, what the actual net effect is on, you know, each year's PL, and maybe it is close to a wash. And so you just clear it out in 2022 and move forward. Sounds good. All right. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you.
2: I was That's just how look- I would
1: handle it. There might I be was people just listening at at like...
2: Yeah. Sometimes you wonder like, okay, am I making too much work for myself? What should I really do? What's the best path forward for you and the client? Yeah. So yeah, that makes sense. Perfect. All right. Yeah. So then the other question I have is about essentially... Some of the daily tasks to be done when you are in a CFO role and how you're expanding on it so that the client understands. Because I've actually been told things like Clarice, I don't I don't get what you're saying or I don't know what you're asking me to do or look at. So I was like, okay, you know, how am I how can I explain things better other than you know, a thumbs up at the meeting? <laughs> <laughs> or <a> thumbs down <laughs> like you know you're spending money too fast or you really need to be mindful of the budget that you put in place and it, it's almost like I wish there was a way that the accounting system can send an alert to say you're nearing so one of my clients they get funding or grant awards and you know there's a certain amount that they are supposed to put activities towards based on the amount that they receive. Yeah. And sometimes that money goes so quickly. And it's like, I wish there was a way other than me looking at it daily, you know, to say, Hey, you're really reaching your limit here because a bank account can send out alerts, but it's not specific to, uh, it you know, it's just telling you about the whole bank account, not about what's going out specifically. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm sure there's some tool out there that does this. Cause I know it exists in the personal finance realm. Like for instance, I use, I used to use mint for my personal budget, Ooh. but now I use, now it's called rocket something. It used to be true bill, but I get email alerts every week of like where I stand against my budget and like how much I spent this week versus the same time last month and things like that. So it's like, there's gotta be something like that, especially in the nonprofit sector. But yeah, short of you doing that daily, Mm -hmm. maybe is the budget loaded into QuickBooks? Mm -hmm. Okay. So is it something that, have they engaged you to do bookkeeping weekly or monthly or what's the status on that? Like your frequency? So
2: I did propose increasing my hours so I can keep track more, but they want me to only come in monthly, I guess, in a sense. And that's the other thing I'm trying to really, I guess, get some of my clients to understand that it's not a quick Whatever
1: they think it is, it's not, right? (laughs) Always more. (laughs) And same for us. Like we always underestimate the amount of work certain Mm -hmm. things are going to be too. So yeah, ultimately like they either have the budget for you to be able to come in and do that and offer that support or they Mm -hmm. don't. So it's kind of having the discussion with them on how important do they feel? Like this is how I would approach the client. Mm -hmm client. Like you have this grant award that you are supposed to allocate a certain amount of money to every whatever time period. Mm -hmm. Right. And what I've noticed happening is that you guys blow through the money very quickly and it's concerning. So we need to come up with a solution to, to help you manage that better.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: the one solution would be for me to do weekly bookkeeping And let you know when it's done so you can go in and run your budget report in QuickBooks and see where you're tracking against it. Or the other solution is for me to do all of that for you and alert you. Oh. One of them is going to be much more expensive, but the right. other one, like either way, they need to have the visibility. So that's kind of how I would approach it and let them know. Like, I can do the bookkeeping weekly. It's going to increase my fee slightly, mm-hmm. but not as much as if I'm running those reports for you and giving you the alerts. So you let me know which you prefer, or if you know if you have no concerns about using up the money too quickly and getting into a pickle, then that's okay. We don't have to even go there. <laughs> But likely they're going to be like, Yeah, it is an issue, and we don't want to get in trouble and overspend or use up all the money in areas we're not supposed to. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that
2: is perfect. I did bring it up. I said, You know, originally I thought this was going to take about 10 hours a month, but but it's looking closer to 40. And it was like, Oh no, that's you know, that's too much. And I said, "Eh, Okay, but. I do like how you how you provided a comparison, you know, either I do it and help you out or, you know, this is what you're going to have to do to make sure that you're being compliant.
1: Yeah. And they may choose the DIY option initially, and then realize that one, they're not able to keep up with it or two, Mm -hmm. they don't really understand what they're doing. And they would rather pay for someone to just send an email every week that says, this is where you track against your budget. Mm -hmm. And that's what you could do. You can make it that simple to where you're maybe not even sending, maybe you're attaching the reports, but really it's just like a bullet point in the body of an email, like think like a CEO here, like this is, this is where I bring in like my corporate experience, like my managers and my CFO and and everything, they did not want to have to open an attachment. They preferred Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. a screenshot and bullet points in the body of the email because they're always on the go. Right. So that's one of the areas where it would be like, we'll make it simple for you. We'll do all the work in the background. I'll send you a weekly email on Fridays that shows you A snapshot of where you are tracking against this budget and like the top categories you're spending in or whatever you know what i mean whatever valuable information would help them Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. or like like we said you can still do the weekly bookkeeping because maybe you're already doing that anyways just to stay up on your workload and then they can go into QuickBooks on every Monday morning and see where it tracks against it. If you're okay with committing to those like weekly deadlines, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, that's the
2: other thing too. It, it's been changing. Like, you know, every so often it's like, okay, I thought we could talk monthly. We really need to talk at least every two weeks. Now it's like, oh no, we need to talk weekly. <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely increasing.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, have you found it difficult? to have that conversation of like, are you the one initiating the weekly meetings or are they? Oh, I am. Okay. And it's really just because you're trying to keep them compliant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And are they appreciative of that? Do they understand the value in that?
2: Yeah. I mean, well, they they understand what I'm doing. I think it's the cost that makes people pause and And that's when I wonder if I'm really proving my value. So maybe that's why I do try to give more than enough information, but it doesn't help if they get overwhelmed, don't look at it, don't understand it. And then, you know, they, so right now, that's what I'm trying to do is find that balance of showing you why I charge the way that I do. And then you also see that, you know, it's needed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, have you had the discussion with the client on like what kind of information they want to see it and maybe how they want to see it? That way you're not doing stuff that nobody's looking at uh-huh. and maybe doing like a loom video or something instead of a meeting.
2: Yes, we did talk about that. That was originally what I was going to do was do I do video recordings for my other clients, but it's just because uh there's been a lot of cleanup for them. So that's another reason why we've been talking a lot yeah. too. So but hopefully we'll get to that point where it flows a little bit better. I'm still getting adjusted to all the programs that need to be tagged with certain things and once we, you know, fall into a routine then definitely it'll get easier. And I think that's what they're thinking. Like, oh, it's not going to be this hard for so long. So we're not going to commit some more hours mm. right now, but yes, it's, it's definitely a work in progress.
1: Yeah. It's also helpful to have the discussion of like, yeah, this during this period of cleanup, I do need your extra time and attention, but if Uh we can get a good process in place where they are keeping up with what they need to on their end, then yeah, it would definitely cut your hours back if they can Uh do certain things on the front end. So as long as they're willing to continue to pay the extra hours currently, like while it's actually, you know, really needed, Uh then yeah, I can, I can understand their perspective on that. Uh Uh Yeah. Uh So Oh, right. Well, Was that helpful? Do you have oh. any other questions around that? Not
2: that I can think of right now. I just really appreciate the time that you took to chat with me about this because I think I know the direction I'm headed right now.
1: Okay. Keep me posted.
2: Just I want will. to
1: know <laughs> how it goes. Mm-hmm. It's It's difficult to have these conversations with clients, but I think in the end, they'll respect you more for being able to Have the difficult conversation. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, like they get to decide whether or not they take the advice of us or not, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's always the difficult part.
2: (laughs) You know what? I did have something else I wanted to chat with you about, but I wasn't sure if I should just post it in the group or not. But so, where I'm at in Virginia, I am certified as a small woman owned business. And recently or currently, there's a contract out for those who are experienced with QuickBooks and different projects similar to nonprofits. And so I guess my question would be, if I am looking for other people who could possibly help me with a contract like this, where would you go? Like, what's your go-to when you have a big project that might be coming up and you're looking for additional resources or support?
1: Yeah. Do you currently have anyone working for you right now on your team? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. I would go there first to see what their capacity is. We'll be back after a quick break. This episode of the Ambitious Bookkeeper podcast is sponsored by my brand new free training, the ultimate guide to creating a profitable bookkeeping business. In just one hour, you will learn three keys to creating and launching a profitable bookkeeping business we will map out your path to creating a bookkeeping or accounting business that keeps you in control of your time, priorities, and expertise. From someone who built a six-figure firm on part-time hours. That's right! You can stay in control of your time, keep family as your priority, and serve your clients well. It just takes a little strategy up front, and I'm going to help you with that during this free training. So head over to the show notes to sign up now for the next training and find out how you can choose the work you do, kick imposter syndrome to the curb, use tech to be super efficient, which all leads to a profitable business. Just head on over to ambitiousbookkeeper.com slash training and I will see you there.
2: Oh well I, I already know I wouldn't need so yeah. they are all just starting out. I have two experienced bookkeepers mm-hmm. and right now they are at capacity with we have right now and then now all this is all just very nothing set in stone it's just an opportunity to apply for it but yeah Mm -hmm. so
1: I would go I would go to my current are they contractors or employees contractors So I would go to them and see like if they know of anyone that they would trust to work on a project like this, because it sounds like you've already built trust with your own contractors and you know their work ethic. So maybe they might know somebody. So I would kind of start there with like your immediate network. And then I would kind of cast a net outside of that as well. And like into the group, right? See if there's anyone in our group that, you know, came from corporate is just kind of getting started and wanting to get into this world or that they have their own clients but they're also looking for more work. So those are the two areas that I would probably go to. It kind of just depends on <laughs> this is where it gets like a little bit tricky cuz sometimes people are like I need help but I don't have time to train anyone. Uh-huh, yes. <laughs> so yes. you're going to pay more for <laughs> pay more and also be a little more unsure of what people's skills are if you uh-huh. go this route. So it's kind of like, would it be easier to bring on a more junior bookkeeper and have one of your current team members offload some of their really easy stuff and have one of your current team members who you really trust and know their skill level to take on this new project?
2: That is a great idea! <laughs> wow,
1: like a backfilling situation.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you're you're at oh wow, okay, you're absolutely right. Right, because um, like I said, I have two really experienced ones, and then two who are you know newer. And actually, we can definitely use this time to get them acclimated with the clients that we already have kind of push that, like you said, some of the easier ones off to them. And
1: that's great. Yes, yeah. you're right. Or even just some yeah. of the easier tasks. It doesn't have to be the entire client. It could just mm-hmm. be like, log in, do all of our clients and do bank feeds.
2: <laughs> you well, know yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's what I was thinking about too. I So what I have them started off doing is more like the admin stuff, make sure the client gets us everything they're requesting. If they don't know how to connect their bank account, get on the call with them, show them how. So that's pretty much a part of what they do. But okay, seeing yeah. I am, re- I'm happy. Thank you. <laughs> You're
1: welcome. <laughs> this is why these conversations are like. That's why we need to have these conversations and be able to kind of like talk things through because you never know. Like, there's always going to be something you didn't think of. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. So that's where it's so nice to have the community and be able to have these types of conversations. So Mm -hmm. what else you got for me? We've still got a little bit of time. (laughs) Wow. Well, I think I, I tried to make it short and sweet because I
2: know I have a lot on my plate. This tax season has been, it's been a lot so far. What I've been finding out is that, and it could be because of social media, but you have so many influencers out there now giving out all this advice and some of it works, some of it doesn't. And yeah. then you get the clients who are saying, well, why can't you do this for me? Why can't you eliminate all of my tax liability? It's like, eh, don't work
1: like that. <laughs> the world <laughs> works.
2: <laughs> that is not how it works. So yeah, let me see, is there anything else? Nothing that I can think of right now. The only thing I really want to do is try to finish this uh, diagnostic review that I'm doing, trying to get through it. And uh, I actually have two that I have to get through. So yeah, nothing else at the moment. Was there anything you wanted to ask me that I may not be thinking about or?
1: I don't uh, think so. Just what I would encourage you to do as soon as we get off this call is kind of jot down your takeaways and maybe. Mm prioritize, like, you know, or even kind of like formulate the conversation that it's totally okay to write these out. Like, this is how I have difficult conversations. I write out what I want to say and look and say it out loud and see if it like, does this sound right? So maybe do that with the one client that you're trying to present the options and get them to kind of see the value and what they need to do. Um, Mm -hmm. and just remember like, ultimately they can say no, And you can continue doing just the bare minimum for your fee that you're doing. And you Mm -hmm. kind of have Mm -hmm. to let go of like the responsibility of running that business correctly is ultimately on them. You've given them options and that's, you know, (laughs) in their hands at that
2: point. (laughs) Actually, I mean, just recently I did have a client who they were my lowest paying client and they needed so much. But we agreed on this one aspect that I would do. And then just recently, and they was like, well, you know, I need a little bit more. So I'm going to this other person. And then I was like, wait a minute. Like we had this whole conversation, you know, about how if you needed more, it will cost this much. So either maybe their price point worked and they did more for less, yeah. which is... That's how it goes sometimes, but I'm learning that I want to make sure that as I get more clients, that they're not just starting out because I feel like sometimes business owners don't see the value of a bookkeeper until after they've been in business a little bit mm-hmm. and they know they, they absolutely know they need help instead of just trying to check off a box.
1: Yeah. Yeah there there is definitely that camp of of business owners there's also the camp of business owners that have been in business for quite a while mm-hmm. and they are still a disaster <laughs> and and on the other side of that there's also the business owners that truly do see the value of it and they really do want a bookkeeper mm-hmm. to be their first hire and make or even have a bookkeeper before they open their business there are those people out there and that's what all of us can do as an industry as a whole of Mm -hmm. like educating those newer business owners and doing, you know, if you have the opportunity to speak in front of a group of entrepreneurs, do it, like, let them know how important this stuff is. Give them some little tidbits and tips of, of advice, but yeah, like, I just like to encourage, because I've been doing some speaking stuff and, and people are so grateful at the end of it. They're like, I never understood why it was so important until I heard you talk. <laughs> so well, I mean all of us as good. an industry need to continue to talk about the importance of it. Some people are going to get it. Some people won't. It's okay.
2: That is so true. I think what I've just run into is people, even if they see the value, they may not be able to afford it as a startup just because they don't have the revenue to support additional staff or to outsource just yet so but yeah. you're right getting out there and speaking about it it'll definitely build trust in the community so absolutely mm-hmm. All right.
1: Well, with that, if you have nothing else, then I'll let you get back to your day. And thank you so much for sharing this. And I know it's going to be super helpful for other people listening as well. Oh, if you I hope so. Keep me posted. <laughs> let me know in the group how the conversation with that client goes. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I right. will. Thank you again.
1: Thank you. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you to everyone who helps make this podcast possible. Content and interviews are produced by me, Serena Shu. Our intro and outro music is written and performed by my brother, Ian Gilliam. Editing is also by Ian, using his awesome sound engineering skills along with Descript software. Hosting and publishing is by Buzzsprout. And you can check out the show notes for links to all of these amazing resources and resources mentioned in the episode.
2: Embrace Ambition.